1: you're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM
0: 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content. All right, welcome back. You heard the man, by the way. Subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, J-A-K-I-B Media, for all of our content, all of John's appearances on this show and uh, the many other shows that John appears on and even hosts. So it's time for your football fix. Here we are on a Friday, uh, and we have John a couple minutes early. So lucky you. We, we're going to have some bonus coverage here tonight with John and I. John, how are we doing? I'm
1: doing well. I'm a little fired up over this Josh McCown news.
0: Man, um, I'm gonna, I'm going to peel the curtain back a little bit. John texted me earlier today. And this, whenever I get a text like this from John, it it gets me really fired up. He says, we have to talk Josh McCown. I have a lot to say. Um, So when John goes out of his way to make sure we cover something, get your popcorn ready. So, John, I'll let you kind of take the wheel and we'll just talk about it. But fill us in on Josh McCown and then more importantly, fill us in on your opinion on it all.
1: Well, Josh McCown got interviewed to be the head coach for the Houston Texans, and everybody in this industry is losing their minds, which, A, is kind of, you know, I've been writing about this for two going back two years uh, when he's with the Eagles, and it really started with the New York Jets before that one. You know, you, you, you sort of heard around the league that this guy was going to be a future head coach, and there's no question about it. And when he was here, uh, you know, the Eagles interviewed him uh, to be on the coaching staff. And I wrote at the time that um, this was when they were uh, moving on from Mike Rowe, obviously, after the Seattle playoff loss and they had an opening and offensive coordinator. And, look, Josh has made a lot of money. He's played for 17 years in this league. Uh, so, you know, he's not going to come on board as a quality control coach, making forty grand a year. So I, I said, if you want to make it hard for him, uh, offer him that offensive coordinator job and, and see what he does. And he, it, obviously the Eagles didn't go in that direction. They weren't prepared to do it. Uh, ultimately, br- they brought him back. Uh, he wanted to keep playing. They brought him back as, as the uh, sort of COVID-19 quarterback, and he got to stay in Texas in quarantine in case they needed an emergency. And all of a sudden, the Houston Texans, I uh, came calling, and I wrote about this in Philly Boys. They, they signed him uh, to be a backup quarterback, obviously, but they also signed him to get him into the building for this reason. They want him on the coaching staff. Now, I, I, you know, I've always used Derek Fisher in the NBA as an example. The NBA is not the same, but I got the same backlash when Derek Fisher went straight off the floor. Uh, and became the head coach of the New York Knicks, and people were going, how could you do that? He's got no experience. Even though he played 18 stinking years in the league, and that's where I go with Josh McCown. What do you think? He's, he's spent 18 years in this league, and he's been the ultimate journeyman, by the way. He's played in every single offensive scheme with every coach you could possibly imagine. There's nobody more well-liked, well-liked in this league. I, I often talk about the disconnect of Carson Wentz in the Eagles locker room, and I constantly say to you, Ryan, I say, you know, it's natural. If you if you put 70 people together, somebody's <laughs> not going to like you. I, that's not true with Josh. That is legitimately not true. Yeah. There is nobody in this league that will say a bad word about him and you saw tonight when these idiots got on Twitter and said, Josh McCown is great, but Josh McCown is is is, is gonna be a great head but and it, it kills me because these a lot of these people and I don't wanna single out a different but a lot of these people are they're gonna kill insert coach's name. You know, it's usually a defensive coach, so uh, they're going to kill, say, Mike Zimmer for not going on fourth and one from the forty-nine. Mm-hmm. He's so he's so backward. <laughs> and then when there's real innovation, right. and somebody's saying, you know what, this guy was playing in the NFL when Sean McVay was sixteen years old. This guy was in the NFL for a decade, for a decade, Ryan when Brandon Staley was a grad assistant at Tennessee. And, and oh, by the way, Nick Sirianni, your new head coach, <laughs> he was playing at least seven years, and he was coaching D-backs at Mountain Union. <laughs> I, and you're going to tell me this guy isn't ready to be a head coach in this league because there's got to be some kind of box and he's got to be a Amer- and he's got to go through the process of being a quality control coach. He's better than that. That's the point. Right. And everybody in this league knows he's going to be a head coach. So why not get on the ground floor if you really want to be innovative and you really want to be outside of the box? And then the second part is you have all these stupid organizations and we talk about it with the Eagles. And, you know, going with the male model, the, the Beverly Hills 90210 uh, uh, look-alike, uh, and, and they get all these criticisms for not hiring minority candidates, and then there's one job left. And Josh McCown, of all people, of all people, who there isn't a teammate he's ever had, and he's played on 100 different teams, whether they're black, white, whatever, Every single one of them loves them, And you're going to use this guy and say, he can't get a job because Eric the Enemy didn't get a job. Look, I I think Eric the Enemy should be a head coach in this league. But that's in front uh, of the Brandon Staley's of the world and the Nick Sirianni's of the world, not Josh McCown. There's my rant.
0: (laughs) man. I I love it. I absolutely hear it. Let me give you a slow clap. And dude, here's the man. There's so much to, to respond with, but all right, you say, look at all these people who are commenting and tweeting. He's, he, you know, he can't be a head coach, however they phrase it. They're idiots. Like they're, they're trying to say, this is innovative, pointing to something else because that's just what they've seen. Like, and that's exactly, and that ties in. <laughs>
1: And that's right. the ironic part about it. the minute right. somebody goes, really goes out on the limb. Oh, 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 you can't do that. You, it's, it's hilarious to me. And, and the minute everyone tells them you shouldn't go for fourth and one at the 49, they'll say, oh, yeah, oh, okay, okay. Look, when everybody is doing something, it's not innovative. I got news for you. Then you're just part of the crowd. Then it becomes who does it best.
0: Exactly. The Eagles
1: had a chance. And by the way, people act like because I got killed on Twitter, and people are acting like I'm the av- I don't care who hires anybody. Doesn't matter to me. I, my job doesn't change. I got to cover whoever the Eagles hire. I could care less who they hire. Uh, but these were NFL things. I didn't tell the Eagles to, to talk to him about a coaching position. That's what they think of them. That's what New York Jets executives said about them. That's what Houston, that's why partially why they brought him down. These are people in the league. These are coach every single coach he's ever had has said this guy. And I got coaches on Twitter saying to me, that's not coaching. Well, why the NFL coaches <laughs> say this guy's gonna be a future head coach? Right. Explain that to me.
0: There that's like-
1: obviously it's not coaching, but you can project as far as the old Cliche leader of men. He gets mm-hmm. along with everybody. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know what else you want. I mean, he's even got the hair. He's even got <laughs> the square jaw. <laughs> I mean, this guy. This guy's probably had a bad day in his life. I assume he's human.
0: Right? I don't know. He looks but, like Thor. Know, he might not have had a bad it, day.
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm saying, you know, i, I I've ne- and and every single person did the same thing that criticized the Houston Texans that every single one of them said in, in the league and people who know Josh, I'm not talking about fans, but people in the industry, whether they're reporters or, or former executives um, who know Josh McN- McNown, uh, Josh McNounce, um He's great. Unbelievable teammate, tremendous leader, but, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, you guys just don't get it, and 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 you know it's really different. And by the way, he's not going to get the job because of these reasons. The optics are just too bad. Um, and he and we talked about it with the Eagles. They shouldn't pay for the sins of um, you know the Atlanta Falcons and and anybody else, and and the LA Chargers and anybody else you want to blame for not hiring Eric the Enemy. Uh, same thing here with the Houston Texans. Um, they shouldn't have to shoulder the burden uh, of, you know, what certain um, analysts want to happen. Uh, And certainly Josh McCown shouldn't shoulder the burden of the fact that, you know, somebody should have a job. Uh, And, you know, the act of assuming – and, and, and we also have this angle, assuming it's privileged, that it would never happen to anybody else. Well, yeah, it wouldn't. You're you're right. This is the first time it's ever happened. And, and guess what? I, I'm not going to say it's the last time, because you never say never, but it's going to be the last time for a really, really, really long time. Because that's the exact point. There, there, there are not a lot... La- of of people like this that come along in this league, where you say, "Okay, that guy's ready right now," doesn't happen. This is number one, so it's not like this has happened over and over again. And people are high. Uh, people are saying, "Oh, Drew Brees is retiring. Let's let's interview him. Philip Rivers is retiring. Let's interview him." No, this is it. This guy, because people in the league think of him as that future coach, and I, you know, I, I love it. I've been talking about it for three years. I'm 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 amazed somebody did it, and I, I'm I'm thrilled that somebody did it. To be honest, I I, I think it's it's awesome. I think it's legitimate, innovative thought.
0: You look at, and you can tie this in a little bit, or I'll tie it in at least to the Eagles' hire of Nick Sirianni. And and I said this in my reaction, and I'm reacting now every night to our conversations at eleven, John. And I said, um, listen, Nick Sirianni, and I basically took this from you. I just agree with you. He could turn out to be an excellent head coach. He could turn out to be an unbelievable, right? He could be the best of all time. Great. That doesn't mean that. The hire makes sense now. And and we talk about innovative and taking a risk or going against the grain. And, you know, Josh McCown, you know, I, I guess he appears to be under that category. But I think you and I know that how smart he is and see that as a good hire. But I look at the Eagles hire just to tie it together. And I jotted down a few words last night to describe it. Safe, incisive, controlling. Because at the end of the day, even if it pans out or not, this hire was a safe hire by Jeffrey Lurie and the Philadelphia Eagles, and they, they would never have the the cojones to hire Josh McCown right now. He wouldn't.
1: Uh, it, no, no, he wouldn't. Um, and it, it, You know, it's safe from the perspective of, of the football side. I get what you're saying. Organizationally, you know, they have their structure in place. They don't want to upset it. Um, you know, they kind of wanted Josh McDaniels, but thought he would ultimately sort of raise up, uh, against that structure. And I think, by the way, they're probably right. Uh, I don't think he would have stood for it, uh, for a long period of time. I think he would have tried to go the Chip Kelly route and try to sort of infiltrate the building. And then all of a sudden he becomes, uh, oh, you know, I'm going to try to get as much power as I, I possibly can because. That's, that's been Josh's history. Um, so I, I kind of understand that part of it. I mean, there is the other part that we talked about with the Rooney rule, and they've taken a lot of hits from that perspective. So from that standpoint, it's not safe, you know, to go for the, um, you know, 5 o'clock shadow, Sean McVay candidate, that part of it's not safe. Um, so you can look at it either way. Uh, but yeah, there's just, I, I mean, and, and, and the Eagles, because not because I covered it, like I said, I, I mean, people have a really difficult time understanding this. Like, I'm not going to, first of all, you know, people ask, what do you put a grade on the hire? Well, <laughs> I, that's dumb to me. Uh, you, there's so no, dumb. I, you know, I'm i am not going to give Nick Sirianni a C. I, we'll see <laughs> right. if he develops into a, a, a good coach or, or not. I mean, that's how this works. Um. But, you know, people are, you're advocating for this candidate. You're advocating. I I, I don't care who they hire. My job doesn't change one iota. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Doug Peterson, Nick Sirianni, um, Josh McCown, Eric Biannimi, you name it. It doesn't matter. Uh, we're just covering the team. Um, so that's one part of it. The second part is, uh, you know, this is an organization, because I'm obviously around them a lot, they they, they strive for that tag. They want to be known as the innovative organization. They want to be known as on the forefront of analytics. Joe Banner hasn't been here since when? He can't stop talking about it. We were the first with analytics. He can't stop talking about it. They, they love it. They crave it. It's their drug, and they're not innovative at all. And, it, and they can't stand when I say that. And they're not. They're just like everybody else. And that's that's by the way, of all the bad things you can say about the Eagles, that's the worst thing you could say about them because they hate that.
0: Well, and it's it's the even if they didn't hate it, I would say that's very that's the worst thing you could say about a, an organization right now. Would that be fair? Lacking innovation? I mean, it's up there. I, I,
1: I don't even think it's a bad thing to say. I just think it's it's a realistic thing to say. I, I, I find it kind of laughable that any sports organization would call themselves innovative. Occasionally, there are years where you're like ahead of the curve.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think the Eagles, for instance, were ahead of the curve when they hired Chip Kelly. Um, you know, but Chip didn't have a, a, a dampener, so to speak. Like, he was ahead of the curve on tempo. You can go back to his first game. Everybody remembers that. Yeah. And the Eagles did kind of catch the NFL by surprise, but people catch up really quickly. And, you know, he didn't adjust to the adjustments, and it it essentially was, um, you know, just a sparkler fizzling out really quick. Um, But they were innovative for a very short period of time. Um, and then, you know, look at the league now. I, I mean, for uh, as much as Chip Kelly's a punchline, everybody runs what the Eagles did back then now. Everybody spreads the field. Everybody uses tempo. Now they use it more judiciously, and they use it in the structure uh, of more situational football. But everybody uses a lot of his philosophies, Um and that's how quickly it, it, it turns. Baseball's a better example because, you know, you have the movie. Everybody knows Moneyball. Howie Roseman's still talking about it. <laughs> what him about Zach Erd, He brings up Moneyball. <laughs> and, you know, the Oakland A's were ahead of the curve with Billy Bean. And they were legitimately innovative. And they were able to win a lot of games uh, with what people looked at from the outside looking in as – you know, average talent to below average talent uh, because they were focusing on things other teams weren't. Well, now everybody does the exact same thing. So it, it's, it's, it's no longer innovative. It's just the way the game is played. Everybody does the same thing. So now if somebody goes back to the old way or if somebody goes back to it, then they become the innovative ones. So uh, that's what um, you know. I get a kick out of it. if you go on. If you go on football Twitter, for instance, there is a a what I like to call them a sort of a group that that mocks anybody who likes to run the football. And yeah. and by the way, I they're right. I, I mean, you
0: can't. Yeah, I don't think they're right.
1: Well you can't win in the modern NFL by running the foot, just running having a run for it. you can't do it. Because everybody plays the same way and because it's everything is geared towards the passing game. Uh you look at hey, we're on championship weekend. What do the Packers do well? What does Tampa do well?
0: Yeah, they run. What no, does Buffalo I mean,
1: do well? Yeah. What does Kansas City do well? I, these are literally the top four it's very rare that, that well happens.
0: what about what about um and I don't completely disagree with you but I think this is an interesting from the listener standpoint what about Tennessee and Baltimore and I just want to throw in Would can Vrabel be able to coach a team that doesn't have Henry and that is pass first like that's intriguing to me just your thoughts on all that
1: well, you can win, uh, you can win that way. And I say this all the time, but the margin of error is so much smaller. Right. And, and you know, I, I, remember talking about it last year's playoffs with, with Kansas city against Tennessee. Um, and, and it actually was born out in the game. Tennessee got the lead. And you're saying that's how they have to play. They have to get the lead and they have to play from the lead. Um, uh, But if they get behind, and if they get behind by two scores, they're done. They're cooked. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, It just happened. Kansas City had to come back. So everything was going well for them early, and then it falls off the rails, and they're just not capable of winning a shootout against a team that can throw the football like that. So you, you can have an historic running game. Uh, and you can be very, very effective. It's not to say you can't be successful, um, but your margin of error is always going to be smaller. And, and maybe the best example is not the Tennessee game. It was the Houston game before that. You know, 95% of NFL teams, and let's be honest, one of <laughs> 31 of 32 NFL teams are cooked, are cooked when Kansas City got down by that amount. Yep. I, I forget what the exact number was. So it, twenty-eight it was 20, to twenty-three,
0: maybe, or twenty-eight nothing.
1: Twenty-three or 20, uh, four, yeah, twenty-four. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a lot. I, I mean, the vast, <laughs> ma- the vast majority of teams are done by the third quarter. You knew Kansas City was winning that game. Really, really, by the second quarter, you know. Yeah. That's how quickly. Yep. That's how quickly they just struck, and and even in the Super Bowl itself. San Francisco played a great game. It was probably the worst game Patrick Mahomes has ever played up until about whatever it was, eight minutes left in the game. And then it just clicked and they were off to the races and, and San Francisco got behind and they never had a chance. It's, you know, and it's not to say the running game isn't important at times. It is, but, you know, this a lot of people grew up on, especially in this town, on on Buddy Ryan and defense, and that that's not what the NFL is any longer. And and by the way, you know you know me, Ryan. I don't like it, but I also know it's true. Yeah. So you can either evolve or or not evolve, but if you're going to say we're going to run the football, you're you're not going to be tremendously successful in this league. But I got off on a tangent there. My point is that, <laughs> you know, these people mock, you know, people who say something different and they don't realize they're all into that group hive, and they think they're innovative and, and they're really just in in an echo chamber. Um, and 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 that's what we have when we're talking about these people who are criticizing Houston, Texas for going after Josh McCown. I, I, and that's why I use those examples, if you frame it that way. And, again, Stale just gets a job. He was a grad assistant in Tennessee. Well, this guy had 10 years in seven different offenses in the NFL. I, you know, what, what, what is more helpful at that stage of your life if you want to be a head coach in this league? And this isn't 10 years as a, any other position where you're just learning your position. Quarterback's gotta know the whole offense. Quarterback's yeah. gotta know everything. And especially a quarterback like Josh McCown, who does know everything and, and makes it his business to understand the whole offense. Uh, I you know, it, it's an amazing and again, I went through it in the NBA with Derek Fisher, uh, who was a point guard for some of the greatest teams of this generation, and people said the same thing. Well, he's got no experience. What do you want him to coach in the G League for two years?
0: Right, it's a joke.
1: Iowa City. It's a as joke, a, as opposed to playing with the Lakers. But it's amazing. In the NBA Finals.
0: It's amazing, John, that 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 um, that response has essentially become eliminated. But Derek Fisher had to be the the brunt of it in order for change to occur, as far as perception. So maybe a a hire in the NFL like Josh McCown will will change things for fans, for football because I mean you look at Steve Nash who's now got the job. I mean he he was an assistant, so that's not apples to apples. But essentially walking into a oh, head yeah, coach it job
1: wasn't a ton of experience. Yeah, right. I mean,
0: and there there wasn't uh, a response well, with him like there was with Fisher.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe it does, and um, it, it is, you know. Uh, and, and I think when you explain it, I do think people kind of get it when, when you do explain it to them, like I kind of just did and say, you know, McVeigh was 16 <laughs> when he was in the NFL. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you say, you start saying, Oh, wow. Yeah. That, but you know, it's, it's tough to overcome because you know, that's what the NFL is. And to me, it, it's not as much about fans. I mean, Fans can think what they want, but when you see people in the industry go, you know, well, you have, to, you have to pay your dues. Really? Why? And, and why aren't you paying your dues? And uh, obviously a lot of these people, you know, who are generally in power positions as coaches or executives played the game, they know they paid their dues playing the game. So, you know, why is it different from somebody else who's, who's played the game for that long at such a high level? Um, and it, it's just... Uh, it's silly. It, it's just—it's it, silly, and, and it's really born out of not wanting to be made fun of. Like, nobody wants to be made fun of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when everybody gangs up against you and says, how could you do this, you know, that's a very powerful thing. And that's why I, I applaud the Houston Texans who have been taking, you know, significant hits for the most part. I applaud them for, for doing this because, to me, it makes a ton of sense um, to keep this guy in your building uh, and and get him on the fast track as, as quickly as possible because, as I said, I mean, everybody says he's a future head coach, and I don't know. And, by the way, it, it, uh, the last thing I'll say about this is if you think he's a future head coach, and, again, You make a lot of money in this league now, even as a backup quarterback. So, Josh McCown is not hurt for money. So, you know, maybe he says, I I don't want to be a a quality control coach for two years um, because I don't need it. And then you lose out on somebody you think is going to be a great head coach because you're going to make them go through these hoops? For what reason? Convention?
0: Perception, like it's it, it's ridiculous, and um, you know, great stuff from you, John, as always. We still have some time before I ask you your thoughts and quick prediction on Sunday's uh, you know championship games. What's up with this report from the Athletic from Adam johns And the tweet was deleted, but um, he initially tweeted out today that Staley and Matt Nagy spoke about a job for Deuce on the Bears coaching staff. Um, Then he said they actually no, they haven't actually spoke, but there is legitimate interest there. What are your thoughts on that report and thoughts on Deuce potentially leaving?
1: Yeah, I mean it was something uh, we were all going to keep an eye on because obviously he was passed over again, Um, and uh, you know at some point uh, I think if Deuce Staley does want to take that next step, and I I do think he does, Um, he's probably going to have to leave this organization. Um, and so what Adam reported is that, you know, and Matt Nagy was here with them for a very short time. So they kind of know each other. you know, he's an Andy Reid guy as well. Um, uh, and, and he needs a running backs coach. Um, so there's no question there's interest from, uh, the bears perspective. Uh, now where Adam kind of, uh, deleted it is because he said they spoke and evidently they had not sp- spoken yet. Hmm. But everyone expects them to talk, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think the Eagles would like to keep Staley, but uh, I think he's probably at that point where he you know, sees the writing on the wall that we all see.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll stay updated and keep you all informed. Obviously, with everything going on um, on the Eagles coaching staff front and everything else in the NFL. And speaking of that, John, we only have a couple minutes left, but give me your quick thoughts and prediction on the two games on Sunday.
1: Well, it's interesting. Before the season, I picked Tampa Bay and and Kansas City uh, to go to the Super Bowl, and I got ripped uh, by the guys on the middle show because I shifted to Green Bay. But, hey, man, I'm shifting to Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay is just – they are set up. Um, obviously, Tampa going uh, to to Lambeau, it's going to be, I don't know, 25 degrees. So it could be much worse, actually. It could be much worse this time of year from a, a, a temperature standpoint. It's going to snow a little bit. and Obviously, they're not used to playing in that kind of weather. Uh, and I mentioned people say, well, Tom played in, in New England for all those years, so he's used to it. But even he said his blood has kind of already thinned from being in Tampa all year. Uh, and That's what happens I, I when you only eat like strawberries. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't like that matchup for the Buccaneers. Uh, the, the, the Packers' offense is just so good, and, and Rodgers is playing so well. So I kind of shifted there. And then Kansas City and Buffalo, I, I mean, so much depends on how healthy Patrick Mahomes really is. It's pretty evident he's going to play, but he's going to have issues with the toe and this nerve injury, uh, so we'll see how he is. If he's healthy, I mean, they're going to win. I, I, yeah. I think twenty six. I think his last twenty six starts. Patrick Mahomes is twenty five and one. I believe is the number, um, which is the best since the fifties. Um, they don't lose with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so if he's healthy, it's boring. It's it's home team, home team. But it's also best team, best team.
0: Yeah, and, and just real quick to to defend your honor, John. Not that you need my defense, but to get ripped from Aton, Harry, and Barrett, the the preseason predictions are absolutely idiotic. Like that's oh, sure they
1: are. Yeah, like I'm giving a grade to a coaching. <laughs> right.
0: It's it's yeah. absolutely. But I,
1: I, I do give my preseason predictions because you have
0: to. You, you have do. to. Yeah. Always
1: expect that. But if people ask me coaching grades, I, I refuse to give them
0: out. The the grade thing is I think the dumbest thing. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm going to give them a C minus, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 what what do I do with that? <laughs> and and who are you? <laughs> who are you to give <laughs> grades? I mean, what what is this here? <laughs> It's a joke. I've got, I, I, I,
1: got to grade him on a curve. Right. i got to give him a B+. Plus.
0: Yeah. He had a good press conference, so we'll give him five points extra credit. Um, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, but anyway, all right, that's our rant. Uh, John, what do you have going on on extending the play tomorrow at 10 right here on 1490.
1: Well, it's going to be all Nick Sirianni all the time. We're talking about the Eagles, the whole process they got there. We're going to have my buddy Bob Groats on from the Delta Times, and also he hosts the Pro Football Report with the legendary voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese. So Bob's
0: going to be back on the program. Ah, love it. There we go. Extending the play. If you haven't tuned in yet, do so tomorrow, every Saturday at 10 a.m., John McMullen is the host, and it's uh, it's great stuff. So be sure to check that out tomorrow, 10 a.m. right here, a.m. 1490, extending the play. You can also follow John at JF McMullen on Twitter, phillyvoice.com, and sportsillustrated at si.com It's where you can find all of John's written work. John, I appreciate it, man. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll catch up Monday.
1: Uh, thanks, Ryan. Enjoy the games, and sorry for the rants.
0: No, that's that's what we need. That's what we yearn for. All right, thanks, Bill. <laughs> thanks, man. All right, there he is, J-Mac. Let's get to a quick break here. Top of the hour already. When we come back, I'll react to everything John and I said, and then we have Kelly Bidlin coming up at 11.15.